0: It is so good to be together once again. And as promised, tonight we are going to be looking at why should I believe in God? Now, this is something that we've looked at recently in the past. Uh, We will use a lot of PowerPoint, and I encourage you to follow along closely because we got to keep going. Uh, As it goes, there's not enough time, and we figured out... That out the last two times we've tried, but tonight we're going to try one more time as we consider the question, Why should I believe in God? There are tons of reasons, and even without God's word, there are many reasons why we should believe in God. Now, just to name a few, last week or last time. I spoke on this. We looked at three important ones. First off, we noticed that matter demands a maker. That is, if the world was created by some particles of dust colliding and having a big bang, the deeper and more honorable question is where did those particles come from? First question we looked at, matter demands a maker. We understand that there had to be a creator. We also looked at the life Demands a life giver. We talked about the law of biogenesis. Within science we understand that non-life has never produced life. Life only comes from life. The law of biogenesis is life demands a life giver. And then finally we looked at design demands a designer. You might remember my favorite little hummingbird. The great design that is found within The universe that is found within all of creation points to the fact that there was a designer. But tonight we don't want to spend too much time talking about that because we've got a lot to get through. And so tonight, uh, real quick, let's first look at intelligence demands an intelligent creator. Now, when you look at intelligence, I don't know if you can read it up there. I can barely read it on my sheet. But intelligence is the capacity to acquire and to apply knowledge and skills. Now I don't know about you but there's a lot of things in the world today that blow my mind. One of them I hold in my hand. It's called a smart phone. You follow with me? Billy talks about these smartphones a lot of times on Tuesday mornings and he says it can do a lot of things that I couldn't dream about. When you look at that smartphone, you push a couple buttons and you do a couple swipes and a couple scrolls and there is so much information at your fingertips. But yet remember, intelligence is the capacity to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. Let me tell you something about a smartphone. A smartphone is really smart. It does a lot of things that are really Special. But how many of you would believe that a smartphone came to exist, came to be, and be so smart without ever anyone coming before it? We all understand that something so simple, listen to me, something so simple as a smartphone had a creator. And this isn't even intelligence. When you go back to intelligence, it was the capacity to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. The smartphone doesn't do any of that. A smartphone doesn't acquire or apply anything. In fact, it required, it required an intelligent being to go in behind the seeds and figure out all these codes. I know that uh, Garrett and uh, Kevin Haddock both know something about writing codes. They know how to move these letters and they put random letters and numbers together and all of a sudden when they're done it's like well a lot works like it's supposed to i can't do any of that but i'll tell you what there is intelligence in garrett and kevin that allowed them to do that and the only reason that they can do that is because there was an intelligent creator all right On the screen, you might notice that we've got our iPhone on the the bottom right. At the top left, we've got a MacBook computer. The computer's really smart. Very similar to that of the, the cell phone. But at the same time, we would never believe that that fancy computer just popped into existence, and there it did, doing everything that it does. And once again, it's not even... Intelligent. Okay, well, stop there because I got one more special, pi- special picture. You might remember this little guy right here. The ruby-throated hummingbird. Now, there is one thing on this screen that is intelligent. And it's not the intelligence that we have. It's not created in the image of God. But rather, it is an intelligent bird. This bird knows that when the hummingbird feeder is empty to quit coming back in fact when I first started doing these hummingbirds years ago before uh, brother John and Linda Clark helped me understand what I was doing wrong I got all this hummingbird food and I put it in the hummingbird feeder and the birds came maybe and then they quit but let me tell you my hummingbird feeder was still three-fourths full and I watched it for like a year it never went away Why is that the case? Because this smart little dude right here understood that if your water is sour, you don't drink it. There is a certain amount of intelligence within God's creation, even in nature. Now, the cell phone and the computer aren't intelligent at all, but This bird knows when it comes time to fly south. The bird knows that it has to get out of here before the storms comes. It knows how to protect itself in that event. And we see intelligence. Understand that intelligence demands an intelligent creator. And we look at something so simple as computers and cell phones and we say, wow, that definitely had to have a really smart dude behind creating it. It took somebody really intelligent to make That cell phone. Now, I don't argue it took somebody a whole lot smarter than me. But that phone that was created does not have the intelligence that man had in creating it. In fact, it never will. It can never be greater than its maker. And so we have the intelligence demanding an intelligent creator... According to atheistic evolution, billions of years ago nothing caused a tiny ball of matter to explode. Then billions of years after this, Big Bang, galaxies began to form from lifeless, mindless, unintelligent particles floating around in space in massive clouds of dust this is from Eric Lyons and Kyle Butts book and it says a little later in the book it says what humans have consistently observed in nature is that intelligence demands previous intelligence intelligence never came from nothing and so we're not going to spend much time on intelligence I think we're intelligent enough to figure out that intelligence required one of intelligence before them. And even in science, we understand that intelligent human beings only come from intelligent human beings. As many times as they try to create life, they could never create life, nor could they create intelligent life. And so, therefore, we have true intelligence, a greater... uh, a greater amount of intelligence, you might say, for that of mankind. As God created man in the image of God, God gave man a greater ability, a greater form. All right, we noticed intelligence, but we don't have much time, so we want to keep going. This one we'll spend a little more time on. Mortality demands... Morality, I'm sorry, mortality. Morality demands a moral lawmaker there has to be a law that was created otherwise we wouldn't have morals to start with now as you think about morality here's there's going to be two options and look let's look at them real quick first off morality exposes atheism as self-contradictory because it is illogical and indefensible and morality arose from rocks that morality arose from rocks dust and an explosion it doesn't make sense that it did and so let's look at what Our options are, if there, number two, if there is no moral value, an atheist must accept genocide, rape, murder, theft, etc. as it is, cannot be objectively wrong. Understanding that within evolution, the whole design is that only the strongest survive. And in fact, if not only do we stop there, but the point is, If we're created from mindless nothing, we need to do whatever we can to better ourselves. Uh, I know recently, uh, Brother Bill Howard was looking for a job. Now, I'll tell you what, I remember he got down and he said, well, there's there's three of us that are left left on the list to get the job. Now, when you think about getting a job, here's what you need to do, let me tell you. You find out who that person is, you go to their house, you slash their tires... And if you're afraid that they're still going to get to work, you take a gun with you and shoot them because when you are done, the strong will survive and you will get the job. Morality demands there had to be a moral law giver. There had to be one that was the law maker. Number three, it says, if morals exist, then they had to be created by man, A, or originate from God. Now, there's a lot of people that say, that's exactly right. It's either A, it's man created it, obviously, because we know there is no God, it must be that man created, created laws, or we would have proof that there is a God, and then it's gets us into a conundrum that we're going to look at today. If life is simply survival of the fittest, why wouldn't man kill and take whatever they please? There is nothing holding you back. Sure, there's American law, but why did we ever get to the point of of having American law if it was just survival of the fittest when Cain killed Abel at the very beginning? Why didn't he just kill everybody else and say, Look, I'm king! You understand Morality goes so much deeper. All right, as you understand or consider that of morality, survival of the fittest is not going to work within man. We're not going to go around and kill each other because of this moral code. But yet, remember, we were created from rock, dust, and an explosion... And because we were created from this rock, dust, and explosion, all of a sudden we've got morals and no one else does. All right, let's look at the animal kingdom. Pigs are not deemed immoral after eating their young. They choose to do that. How would you feel about other human beings going around and eating their young? Or maybe it's as, as your parents get older. Now, I assume that, that meat would be... Ugh. But... Let's assume as your parents get older, they're only going to live so long anyways. We might as well butcher them and we'll eat the best parts. Cannibalism. How, how's it going to work that, that man eats man? There's a moral code that says, look, that ain't right. We don't, we don't eat each other because there's a moral code inside of us that says, I don't do it. All right, the wolf spider is not put in prison for eating the male spider immediately after mating. Well, what's up with that? How come they can get away with it? How come they have no moral code and yet they were created from the same dust, the same rocks, and the same explosion that all other life was created from? It doesn't make sense. You can look at a mother hamster. Shug could probably tell us something about mother hamsters or guinea pigs or any other number of animals, but mother hamsters aren't Aren't burnt at the stake for eating their young after birth. I remember not too long ago I was watching his pets and he said, "Uh, now this one right here, if it has babies, you've got to separate them because it's gonna eat the young. Why? Because it has no moral code. But yet it was created in the same way that we were. All right, so moral code. Let's look at it a little bit deeper. Let's see what scientists have to say. All right, John Paul Sartre, he's a French atheist who is a philosopher. He said, everything is indeed permitted. No, see, he accepts it. Everything is indeed permitted if God does not exist. How come we can't do anything? He says, well, you can. If God does not exist, then the facts are he believes God does not exist and he made the statement. Well, let's look on see what some others said. Those who, do not, who deny obvious moral rules, who say murder and rape are morally benign, that cruelty is not a vice and that cowardice is a virtue, do not merely have a different point of view. They have something, listen, wrong with them. He said they've got something that's actually wrong with them. When you think about cowardice, it's not like, oh, he's the biggest coward I know. What a great guy. I'm so proud of him for being a coward. We don't look at it that way because there's a moral code, because we understand that we have morals. Look on. Michael Ruse in Darwinism defended in 1985, wrote in the book, man who says that it is morally acceptable to rape little children is just as mistaken as the man who says two plus two equals five. What he's saying is that don't make sense. All right. Why? How come? Because there's morals. Now, how did morals come to exist? Hold on. We got one more scientist and then we'll we'll look at some other. All right. George Simpson said good and evil, right and wrong concepts irrelevant in nature, except from the human viewpoint, become real and pressing features of the whole cosmos as viewed morally because morals arise only in man. Now remember, man came from monkey. And monkey has no morals. Unbelievable. All right, morality demands a moral lawgiver. Now as you look at morality, we understand that there's one that chose to defy everything that uh, humans believe in. You've probably heard of a man by the name of Adolf Hitler. Okay. Now, this is from a book that was uh, the debate. I mentioned Anthony Flew because he wrote the book, There Is a God. It was There Is No, and then he crossed out No because he changed his mind as he got older, and he said, There Is a God. Well, in a debate when he was debating with uh, Thomas B. Warren on the existence of God, the argument was made of Adolf Hitler. Let's see if you can... You can read it up there. I can't read it on my paper, so I'll back up. All right. So under what law were the Nazis prosecuted and condemned? Now, as the allies, as people that stand up for what's right, uh, or if there is such a thing as right, they said, and this is uh, one of the... R.H. Jackson, Robert Jackson was the Supreme Court Justice for the United States of America, and he said they appealed to a higher law which rises above the provincial and transient law. Now, he's talking about the law of God versus the law of the Nazis. Now, when the Nazis made their argument, they said our society had its own needs and desires, therefore, we made a law. Our society made its own laws based on these needs and desires. Why should it matter? As they were created from dust, they should have the right to choose their own. Okay, our society commanded us to exterminate the Jews, so it would have been wrong for us not to obey. All right, is it wrong to not obey the law if there's a law? Yes. Now, is it wrong to go against God's law even if the, ra- even if the law goes against God's law? We ought to obey God rather than man and so they say now you try to condemn us by the law of an alien society a law that we aren't under you're trying to condemn us as nazis for killing in a terrible fashion and a terrible way by your law rather than the law that we live under okay so it says a value system which we had nothing to do with the nazis all right now as you consider that law and you consider what they did they make the laws they say hey we have to kill them And when they were going to court at the end, the whole thing revolved around there is a higher law than that of the law that they made. What higher law could exist? Look at this chart real quick. All right, so we got the law of England. The author is England. The law of Germany, the law of the Germans who made it. And then above all other law, there's a higher law that rises above the provincial and transient law. There is something that is much greater. So in order to say that it is perfectly acceptable to believe that man trumped up all their laws, then you would have to go to the point where you say the Nazis had the right to kill any person that they so desired. They could kill any person that they chose to because they made the law. And if we all came from nothing, then there could be no law that is greater, that is more important than their law in their province. I want to read just a short excerpt here. As he made this contention, Robert Jackson, one of the Supreme Court justices, as he made this statement, He said, let us note, if there is no higher law, if there is no law which rises above the provincial and transient by which the conduct of individuals and societies may be correctly judged as either morally right or morally wrong, then it is false to say that the Nazis actually did real wrongdoing in murdering six million Jewish men, women, and children. But yet it's accepted that they did wrong universally it is accepted that they did something wrong and why is that because there is a moral law giver that moral law is given by god from the beginning within within the moral law we understand that if god does not exist then morally we should be allowed to do absolutely anything we want. And the French atheistic philosopher accepted it. He stated it and understood that if there is no God, we can do absolutely anything we want. Because there's nothing else. Because we just came from rocks... And dust. I had one more point I want to get through, and so we'll we'll do it real quick. Well, before that. An atheist could not logically call something wrong or evil if we were merely matter in motion, dust, slime, and rocks colliding together would never create a moral code. And so that brings us to our final point. Supernatural. That means miraculous. Anything that ever took place that defies nature. If one thing ever happened that was above nature's code, nature's laws... ...for instance, the law of biogenesis, uh, the law of thermodynamics... if ...if any law has ever been broken, then it demands that there is one who is superior to nature... When you think about the supernatural, I understand that I'm not going to stand here today and I'm not going to try and claim to you that I'm going to heal somebody of of something. But yet, if supernatural ever did exist, then it is proof that there was one greater than nature, superior to it. Dan Barker. If you know Dan Barker, he was in a debate with Kyle Butt. On the question, does the God of the Bible exist... This was in 2009. Uh, I don't know about all of you, but I was able to watch it online. I was not there in person. But Dan Barker explained, listen, that one of the things which could falsify atheism... exterminate it, do it away... would be if God spoke to man and gave him specific information... about future events. Let that sink in. If God was able to give specific information about future events. Are you following me? And I say, he's right. He's right. If something supernatural could ever take place, such as that of giving specific information of futuristic events, then we would know there's one who is superior to nature. All right, Dan Barker had it figured out. And so let's see what, see what we've got. Jeremiah chapter 28, verse 9, it says, As for the prophet who prophesies of peace, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, the prophet will be known as one whom the Lord has truly sent. All right, why was he called a prophet? Because he was talking about something future taking place. And you know, there's no proof in the pudding, as we talked about this morning, unless... It comes about. And so they know this is truly one that was sent by the Lord. 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 20 says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture of any, is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came of the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. All right. Was it in man to do something... Supernatural? Nope. It wasn't man. Was it in man to create the world? Nope. Was it in scientists to break the law of biogenesis? And again I say, nope. Because there is only one being that is superior to nature... and that's God Himself. Now that might be Jesus Christ in the flesh that might be God in heaven that might be the holy spirit but yet we see God the one being that is superior to nature and there's no others all right you can notice 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 which says all scripture listen is given by inspiration of God then it goes on to say and it's profitable for everything <laughs> it's profitable for everything for man So he says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. When you talk about the supernatural, the first supernatural thing I want you to think about is God's written word. As you look at God's written word, God's written word is so much proof. You look at the thousands of manuscripts that we have to compare and understand the accuracy of God's word. You can look at the archaeological findings that show, validate that God's Word is true. You can look at the facts of Jesus being a real human being, written about in Scripture, prophesied to come, comes about in the fashion in which it was said to take place. You can see the unity of the Bible and how it can't be proven wrong. And within all of this, we see the fact that Scripture is a proof of God because it is supernatural. Supernatural. It's miraculous. It's unmake happenable. How do you like that? That's a new word. You can't make it happen. We can't take two of us writers... ...and have us write from separate rooms... ...and make everything agree. But yet you look at the... ...writers of the Bible... ...and look at the period of time... ...in which it took to write the Bible... ...and yet it all fits... All right, supernatural demands one superior to nature. First supernatural thing, understand that the Bible is supernatural. All right, supernatural demands there's one superior to nature. Listen, once again, this is Dan Barker, same debate. He said, if Jesus, listen, if Jesus were to materialize and work any number of miraculous deeds... Are you listening? He says atheism would be disproven. Why would he say something stupid like that? If Jesus were to materialize, I think in John 1.14 it says, and the Word became flesh. You know what that is? Material. It became body blood, water, skeleton system. It all existed. He said if the, Jesus were to, to materialize, atheism would be disproven. The Word became, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, sorry, full of grace and truth. Huh. Jesus being on earth, performing miracles would prove ma- atheism wrong and yet i want you to understand that jesus being on earth and performing miracles is not just something that's written about in the bible if you look at history historically there is records of a man who was special that went by jesus that people oohed and awed over and they said what's up with this guy The people that recorded it weren't even necessarily believers. I know some some who recorded about Christ did not believe that he was the Messiah and yet they make record of what's taking place. And Dan Barker says if Jesus were to materialize, that's the proof. John chapter 11, verse 45 and verse 46. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary had seen all the things Jesus did. Wait, what did he just say? He said, if he would do any number of miraculous deeds. Okay, come to earth, John 1, verse 14. Son of man came flesh and dwelt among us. Go to John chapter 11. It says, they had seen the things Jesus did. What did it cause them to do? It caused them to believe. They believed in him, but some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. You know what they were doing? They were tattletaling. They said, you better... You better stop this guy. Everything I grew up believing in, he's trying, to, he's trying to, to change it. And yet he was rather just fulfilling it. All right, as you look at the proof, you understand that there's one who was supernatural. It started long before his virgin birth. As you go way back in the Garden of Eden, we see the prophecy of the Christ who is to come. And some 4,000 years later, we see Christ on earth. And yet, if Jesus were to materialize and work any number of miraculous deeds, atheism would be disproven. Well, to him I say bravo, because I believe he's right. Being that Christ came to earth, it shows that atheism doesn't make sense. We've got one more I want to show you. This is by Richard Dawkins, probably the most famous of all uh, atheists. He was asked, he said, they asked him, what proof, by the way, would change your mind? What would it take for you to understand that there is a God? What proof could I bring to you and set in front of you, show you face to face, what would it be? And he said, that is a very difficult and interesting question because, I mean, I used to think that if somehow, you know, great, big, giant, 900-foot-high Jesus with a voice like uh, Paul Ropeson suddenly strode in and said, I exist and here I am. But even that I actually sometimes wonder if that would and he faded off to where you couldn't hear him he said if I saw something supernatural with a great big booming voice that was super tall super big caught my attention he said then and he said (laughs) well maybe not He said, reality sets in, no matter what you do, I'm probably not going to believe. But you know, Anthony Flew, once upon a time, he thought the same thing. And that came before he wrote the book. There is a God. I want you to understand that there is so much proof that God exists. Not only that God exists, but that God created the world. Now, I didn't talk to you about moral decline. I didn't talk to you about the DNA code. I didn't talk to you about languages, understanding that languages also show that there must be one who created the languages to start with. Within all these different proofs, we see and can understand that God is real. Even as the scientists made statements, they made statements that show God is real. Supernatural demands one was superior to nature... I mentioned earlier, there's thousands of hand-copied manuscripts that validate that of God's Word. There's archaeological findings, facts of Jesus as a real human being. There's hundreds of fulfilled prophecies. There's the unity of all of Scripture. It all fits together perfectly. If you don't believe, this is where I want to leave you tonight. I want you to read the Bible until you prove it wrong. If you could prove the Bible wrong then you could prove that atheism is the way to go. But remember, if Jesus were to materialize and work any number of supernatural, miraculous deeds, atheism would be disproven. That, my friend, has already taken place. That, my friend, you can read about in all parts... history, Now tonight we've got an invitation song. And as we sing the invitation song, understand in the words that you read or the words that you sing, this is my Father's world. I believe we can sing with faith. I believe we can sing with absolute understanding that this world belongs to God. It's not mine. It's not yours. But rather, it was created by somebody that was superior in every way. Superior to it in every fathomable way. If you haven't given your life to Christ, why not? If you don't believe that God is... Why not? All the proof points to the creation account that took place in Genesis. As you think about the creation account, I want you to understand that it takes a whole lot more faith to believe that two particles of dust or... Rocks and stones and a big bang all came together and why, boom, it happened. It takes more something special, imagination. It takes more imagination to believe that those rocks coming together created everything there is than to understand and accept the fact that there is one who is superior to nature, which is God. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I ask you, why not? Are you willing to put your faith in Him, understanding that He created, that His Son came to earth and His Son died for you. Understanding that Jesus was the Messiah, being willing to put your faith in Him, being excited to repent of your sins and turn to live your Christ, to live your life for Christ. Being willing to confess Him before men, telling all others, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Being willing to go into the water to come up a new man, to walk in newness of life. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I ask you, why not? And if you have, if you believe that God is real, if you understand without any doubt that God is the creator and that life is so much better, with God as your king, won't you join me as we sing, This is my Father's world.